This is a podcast from thebuglepodcast.com. The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to Bugle 229, sub-episode B, our second week off. John is in uh, Australia sorting out some stuff for them over there. So no full Bugle this week, uh, but we have this, sub-Bugle, which is a, an exclusive, world-exclusive Q&A with me, Andy Zaltzman, and Chris the producer, uh, who uh, we're currently in our respective houses using the uh, magic of uh, the internet, and uh, Chris has been fielding questions on Facebook, and uh, I've been taking your questions on Twitter. So hopefully we'll resolve all the burning issues that have really been getting getting at your bugly hearts. So, uh, Chris, what, uh, what has been sent in uh, to you on Facebook? Well, Andy, I like this one from Sean Ellis for a start. For some years, having only heard you on the radio, I firmly believed that you and John were the same person, and John was just a character you had invented for The Daily Show. Can you confirm that this is or isn't true? If true, how long do you spend in makeup? And I guess I would like to add to that, if true, why are we doing this episode here now? <laughs> well, the reason we're doing this episode here now is to maintain the illusion. Ah. Um, <laughs> clearly. Uh, so I mean, yeah, it is true, basically. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's well, it's not that Johnny's me. I have a I have a twin who looks exactly like me, <laughs> but my look just wasn't saleable. So uh, so we we every day he gets into makeup as uh, as John, and uh, he has a special chip implanted in his head. I communicate directly with him uh, on a real time basis. Are you qualified to put chips in people's heads? Well, not entirely. I mean, the scarring is largely not visible under the wig. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, yeah, that is that is true. Bang to rights. Absolutely uh, bang to rights. Uh, now, this, uh, this one came in for, on Twitter from Deed Elvis, who writes uh, and saying he submitted this question to John before. Uh, whose roof would you paint a massive penis on and why? Oh my god, someone's asked that on Facebook as well. You'd never believe that. Oh, it could, could very well be the same person, I guess, <laughs> using uh, multi-format questioning techniques. Uh, well, I don't know, it's a good question, that. I mean, the obvious candidate is uh, is probably the Pope, um, because, <laughs> you know, I guess, you know, the Catholic Church cannot be uh, extricated from the penis. Uh, the two are have been linked, really, ever since... Uh, the very beginning of Catholicism, uh, the penis, of course, has helped produce a lot of Catholics uh, more than some people would consider ideal. Not all Catholic penises have been used quite as uh, quite as much self control as they might have been. But also, the penis is, of course, a symbol of uh, fertility and of uh, God given life. So, I think really it would express all aspects of uh, Catholicism historically and in the twenty first century, and also uh, most domed churches uh, are pretty much three quarters of the way there anyway so um i think uh, i'd go i'd go for that you know you look at buckingham palace as well that's really crying out to crying out for a penis on the roof if only for the uh, aerial shots of uh, when the queen has to flee in a helicopter when the uh, revolution kicks off at uh, some point uh, when people realize that the olympics and the jubilee aren't coming back uh, there's quite a lot of questions coming in on the north korean 
crisis, which you know clearly could make this the last ever bugle if uh, Kim Jong Un really uh, puts his bombs where his uh, increasingly erratic mouth is. Uh, Chris, what's your? I mean, are you concerned up there in uh, North London of the uh, prospect of uh, North Korean missile uh, wiping out the entire city? Um, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not confident that he could reach North London. To be fair, uh, South London, different case. Yeah, I mean that's obviously where you'd go. To I believe, first. I believe that's the limit. That that he's basically got got enough petrol in the tank to sort of reach Bermondsey. <laughs> But 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 us just north of the river, we're just fine. So g- good luck with it and all. Uh, this uh, this question came in on Twitter from Doctor Evil, who writes the real Doctor Evil. I, I believe uh, I don't know if he's. Uh, I think he's a surgeon actually, isn't he, Mister Evil? If he's a, anyway, <laughs> you're, you're on a crashing plane, uh, and there is only one pa- one other parachute. Do you give yours up, or who do you choose between Chris? And John, well, to be honest, if I've got a spare parachute, I'm keeping it. Uh, the other two can fend for themselves. I've got kids to look after. I can't risk only having one parachute, no matter if that does lead to the certain death of uh, the other members of the Bugle team. It, it's fine. I could use John. Yep. I could just grab like, grab one arm and a foot and see if he makes a makeshift parachute. Well, that's right. He's in Hollywood. He'd probably have a stuntman suddenly turn up and do it for him. <laughs> Lots of stunts in the Smurfs. <laughs> Andy, very very simple question from Eric Stavitsky. Uh, sorry, Stavnitsky. Uh, what's your middle name? My middle name? I have no middle name. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm just uh, just Zaltor, the what, merciless. Is that is that what you, you would choose it to be if you had to appoint one? What, Zaltor? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Andrew Zaltor Zaltzman. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I have no middle name. Oddly, my brother and sister both have a middle name. Oh, no. But uh, but I don't. My dad has no middle name, but he has the first name Zachariah, so he frankly doesn't need one. No. Whereas, you know, kind of fairly limp, middle-of-the-road first name like Andrew, I think I could have done with a with a working middle name. And Zultor fits, I think. Yeah. Andy, I've got one from Michael Rogers. Would you rather fight a horse-sized horse or a hundred duck-sized ducks? <laughs> well, uh that's a tough one, actually. Um, I don't know. The uh, I mean, you think... I don't know if ducks work as a team. I mean, I think the duck could be easily threatened by just uh, waving some pancakes and some plum sauce yeah. at them. I think they'd probably make, uh, make a hasty retreat. Uh, the horse... If the horse is coming out, you want to just put on your French chef's outfit and uh, just see it run for the hills. So uh, I think, really, you wouldn't want to take either of them on physically. I think you're asking for trouble. It's a psychological battle with these creatures, and you have to use the threats of the kitchen. To uh, to overcome them, so uh, you're, you're think, assuming yeah. these animals talk English, though, Andy. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd expect most horses would have learnt basic French as a means of self-preservation. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, alternative, I think if you are fighting a horse, and we saw that with uh, the famous suffragette uh, Emily Davison, who uh, attempted to fight a horse and was uh, was killed by it at the uh, uh, the Derby. She really was, lost that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the problem is she tried to rugby tackle the horse, and uh, you've got to go low on a horse when you're rugby tackling a horse, right around the ankles. Uh, she went too high, and the horse, of course, uh, handed her off, and uh, the rest, sadly, is history. But all turned out fine in the end. Women can now vote, so uh, probably worth it. Uh, this question uh, came uh, comes uh, from Sticky2000, who writes, Where's my f***ing merch? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, well, the answer... 
as anyone who, who follows the Bugle Twitter feed will know, it is extremely imminent now. I realise I've been saying that uh, it's been imminent for, I don't know, about a year and a half now. But it's now more imminent than it's ever been. And I've put up a picture of the samples that we've been sent that will be on sale, hopefully within uh, within a week or so, uh, and um, definitely within two weeks. And if they're not available within two weeks, then they will be available shortly after that. So that's, that's as far as I'm prepared to go. But the merch is just incredibly imminent. It's almost unfeasibly imminent, and the wait hopefully will make the realisation all the more delectable. Uh, Are so you going to model it, Andy? Am I going to model it? Yeah. Uh, well, when I, when I get it, I will. It's not. I'm not the, the model in the picture. That was uh, that was not me. Um, I want to see you in, in bugle hot pants, bugle vest, sipping from a bugle mug. Well, I can do the bugle vest and mug. The hot pants uh, will be in tranche two of the merchandise. <laughs> but do tell me they're of, coming. Well, with one with me on one cheek and John on the other. Nice. I think that's what most buglers would like. Andy, world peace or world cricket? Well, I don't see the two as uh, really separable uh, in any way, philosophically. Uh, I mean, could you have peace without cricket? No. And uh, I mean, it's it's very hard to see how the world can aim for peace without embracing the uh, test match game. Um, when you look at the Middle East, no test playing nations in the Middle East. It's been in a state of almost constant war uh, for uh, you know what, what about six thousand years since God started getting uh, jippy with it. And, um, uh, in fact, uh, the Second World War only happened because the Germans refused to embrace cricket. The famous uh, England cricketer C.B. Fry went to Germany to try to persuade the Nazis to adopt cricket. Uh, They refused and started a war. So it just goes to show if uh, if the Germans had just had some sense uh, and more basic decency than they showed through the 1930s and 40s, then... uh, the war would never have happened. And cricket would have given them that, Chris. I don't think there's any doubt of that. To back your point up as well, the only Middle Eastern country with one-day international status is the UAE, also the most prosperous Middle Eastern country. <laughs> That's why cricket just brings big bucks, uh, as the people of Bangladesh would no doubt testify. <laughs> uh, now, this, uh, this question um, uh, from Chad Chadwoski. In the Bugle's official logo, why does John look like a nerdy Frankenstein? And uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. It could quite feasibly be both. Uh, well, the fact is, he is a nerdy Frankenstein. When he's not uh, appearing on uh, the silver screen or uh, any other kind of screen uh, or on an audio screen uh, on the Bugle, uh, he basically is uh, inventing, uh, basically reanimating corpses. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's just his shtick. That's just how he winds down. You know, it's a very pressurised job being uh, being on television all the time, um, and uh, so he needs. To, and uh, you know, let's not judge him. And some of the some of the corpses he has reanimated uh, have, have been very successful, and some of them are even playing for the New York Yankees this year. Comes from N. McJanet. Is it true that Chris is the real comic brain behind the Bugle? Even several years before I was uh, involved in the Bugle, I used to write all the jokes. <laughs> Tom would get in touch and say, "Look, I've got these two guys, and uh, they, they just don't know what they're doing. They just they just talk like they're from the other side of the Atlantic. Can you do anything to help?" And of course, having never met Tom at the time, I said yes, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, he's uh, yeah. Chris just sits in a special booth, stroking a cat. Yep. And uh, 
cranking out the puns. Uh, <laughs> Duncan Finley's got a question uh, yeah. related to a, a fairly recent show. Did Mike and Cindy ever get their f- dungeon built? <laughs> Well, I don't know if you're listening, Mike and Cindy. Do uh, do email us in. I don't, I mean, you'd assume so. I mean, once you've started, why would you not finish building it? Even if you're... who has a half finished dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Bashar al-Assad might not have got around to finishing uh, his latest dungeon. We don't. We just don't know. We, I mean, it's been a tough time for the lad. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, exactly, I mean the, the, what you? I mean, beside what use? You know, a half-finished dungeon, you know, that's still you can use as a wine cellar, but a half-finished f- dungeon, I mean, what is the point? Uh, Nandy Selson, possibly on a, a related topic, writes, If you became Pope, what would your first edict be? Um, well, I guess, I mean, I might outlaw sex dungeons. From, uh, <laughs> Such a conservative. I mean, can I ask you a question about puns, Andy? Yeah, yeah, sure. What, what comes first? Like, the, the, the theme... Or a pun, and then you build a theme around it. Look, there's, there's no rules to these things. You have to take the inspiration where it comes. You know, sometimes a pun will just materialise out of thin air, perfectly formed. Because the, okay, well, so the dog one, that came out of yeah. the Lou Reed story, didn't it? Yeah. So what came first? You decided to cover the Lou Reed story, or you thought of a dog pun and tied it in? Well, I think the story came first in that one, but... Uh, you know, and that's just the way art works. You know, it's, you, there's no rules to it. You can't force it. It just uh, it just materialises from the ether. Yeah. And, uh, you know, puns are art. I mean, most great works of art have some kind of pun in. Yes. Some visual, visual pun. Yes. I mean, uh, Michelangelo's work full of puns. Yeah. Mostly to do with, with uh, naked willies. But, uh, you know, he's, that's, just, uh, that's just the way the human brain works. Uh, a couple of sports-based uh questions came in on Twitter. This uh, came from Tez964 Ozaltor the Nearly Hairless Which is the greatest? The Bible the Koran or Wisdom? <laughs> well, no question. I mean, uh, well, I mean Wisdom clearly is the superior book on innumerable levels. For a start there's a new edition every year and I think both the Bible and the Koran could have done with a little bit of updating. Might have uh, you know, just modernised a little bit. Wisdom is prepared to embrace that. Uh, and Wisdom has probably started fewer wars than uh, than either of those. So I'd definitely go... And it looks like a lovely yellow cover. It also allows so, its uh, heroes to be photographed on the front cover. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, you know that's maybe a step too far too soon. But, uh, okay. That's, uh, and this came in from The Colour Bitter. I noticed there was no mention of Wales thrashing England in the Six Nations in the Bugle. Does it hurt? Does it hurt? Oh well, I mean it was uh, we just, just robbed England. England were robbed, the, 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 particularly the, the, the great Harlequins players in the England team. Robbed, and yeah, I mean yes, it was thirty points to three to Wales. But if England had scored twenty-eight more points than they did, they'd have won. And it just that just shows the slender threads that sporting achievements dangle upon. So uh, it wasn't really a thrashing. It was uh, Wales lost other than the fact that they did not concede 28 more points or score 28 points fewer. So, you know, that's just the way it goes. If I was Welsh, I'd have been really disappointed with that result. (laughs) William Frederick has written in, and maybe you could offer some coaching in response to this, Andy. Do you think it's punishable to perhaps punctuate the punsibilities between North and South Korea? I think that would be pun. Pun S. (laughs) 
Q Chris? Well, uh, it's, it's very hard to know how to respond to uh, something like that. Other than what's uh, it like receiving them now? What's it like receiving a pun uh, run? <laughs> well, you know, I guess see, you know, I've brought that upon myself <laughs> in many ways. But um, you know, just you know, civilization has its ups and downs. <laughs> um, uh, and this finally came on on Twitter from Adam Shipley, thirty-six. Are you using the Bugle subscriptions to buy a Badonkadonk <laughs> tank, as mentioned in Bugle 156? Well, not yet, Adam Shipley, but if more of you do subscribe, we will buy that Badonkadonk, and we will drive it through the streets of simultaneously London and New York, the two recording homes of the Bugle, uh, as a publicity stunt. And I think that would probably get us quite a lot of publicity, albeit probably terminal publicity um so keep those voluntary subscriptions coming in buglers uh the buglepodcast.com check out our soundcloud page soundcloud.com slash the hyphen bugle and keep your emails coming in to info at the buglepodcast.com and we'll be back next week uh the slightly later record than usual i think we're recording on sunday next week so it'll be up a bit later but with a full bugle 230 until then uh, from me, Andy Zaltzman, and uh, from me, Andy Zaltzman, PP, John Oliver, and from Chris. Bye. In the holy borough of Hackney, it's goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.